Okay, we are back for another episode of Get to Know Your Sensei. Are you ready to meet the incredible Sensei Richard from Michigan? Let's do it. Check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored, and he's going to say, oh, stop it, but I'm honored to be talking to Sensei Richard. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Ned. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time. Will you tell people who don't know out there who you are and how you got connected into the Kids Kicking Cancer family? Well, my name is Richard Plowden. I'm the Chief Martial Arts Therapist now with Kids Kicking Cancer. I've been with the organization um, actually this month is 16 years. Uh, I'm a lifelong martial artist, so to speak. I've done martial arts in the Detroit area now for 47 years. I own a martial arts school in Detroit, and part of my mission with my school was to work with um, inner city youth. That's my passion, making an attempt to use the martial arts to help keep kids on the straight and narrow. And during my time in doing that, um, I forged a reputation of sorts. I used to be director of an organization um, that had a program called FACT, Family Approach to Crime and Treatment. A huge part of that was the martial arts. So I developed a reputation and um, a lady by the name of Shirley Stancato, who was the president of New Detroit Incorporated, called, called me one day and said, listen, um, there's a, a rabbi who wants to do a program in Detroit using the martial arts to help kids that have anger management problems in Detroit public schools. I said, wow. She said, yeah, I think that you should come to this meeting and meet this guy and see, see what the deal is. So I go to the meeting and I happen to sit right next to Rabbi G. And um, as a result, he and I, we talk, we forge a relationship of sorts. And he asked me to come and work for the organization. And again, it was working with kids in Detroit public schools, inner city kids um, who had some challenges using the martial arts. And then I learned a little more about working with kids who were ill with cancer. And it was a, a match made in heaven for me. It's beautiful. I know this is a super, super loaded question, but what have you learned from the kids over the years in working with them in Kids Kicking Cancer in this program? Well, a huge part of my martial arts background was competition, right? And, you know, it's still part of me now, but it's the dessert, so to speak. What happened in working with the kids with Kids Kicking Cancer is that I got an opportunity to see some kids with some real strength, who are overcoming some sincere challenges, right? You know, uh, we, we prick our finger and we're ready to run to the emergency room. And these are kids who have um, sometimes frightening and oftentimes grim diagnosis. And they handle it with such a strength and such, a, su such power that it's inspiring. You know, and that let me know that, you know, I, I love quotations. And one of my favorite quotes is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. Let me, let me know that, um, you know, God was directing me in a particular, particular direction to really help some young people and make a difference in their lives. And they've certainly made a difference in mine. I love that. And it is, you know, we make all these plans and then it's like, boop, but it's like, what do you do with that? And then how do you bring your gifts to those situations? And that's where the magic happens, you know? So that's, that's cool to hear. Why did you decide to get into martial arts in the beginning? Um, uh, that's a funny story too. I have an older brother, Raymond, who was a bank manager. 
And across the street from the bank that he managed was um, a Taekwondo school. So the owner of the school had his accounts at the bank and he would come into the bank and he convinced my, my brother to take martial arts lessons. So my brother came home one day, he was excited and he told my dad, he said, look, I'm gonna start taking martial arts lessons. And my dad pointed at me and said, take him with you. And my brother wasn't too keen on that, actually. He wants that, you know, little 13-year-old or young 13-year-old brother hanging out with him. But um, he took me. I went. We started training. At some point in time, unbeknownst to me, my instructor informed my brother, you're going to be okay, but tell your parents with Richard they're wasting their money. He won't be very good. And I didn't find this out until years later. But my brother came home evidently and told my dad, hey, the instructor said, keep your son and your money at home. He's not going to be good. My dad said, nope, he's going to stick with it. And I became a junkie. You know, I, um, the martial arts is something that I was addicted to. So I would um, come home from school, do my homework, get to the Taekwondo school. And then once I received my black belt, um, the instructor gave me a key. I became the teacher's pet. So he gave me a key to the school. I would take the Grand River bus from Cass Tech High School down to the Taekwondo school, let myself in, do my homework, and then work out. So, you know, it was just, um, I'm a lifer. And it became something that I was really, really passionate about. I love it. And passion just equals happiness. And I feel like we all have to find that. And I think life gets challenging, but you really have to fight to, to bring that to life because I just believe we all have these gifts to share. And I just, I get excited when I talk to people who are passionate because there's something else happening here when, when people are plugged in, you know? You know, Ned, when I, when I talk to groups, I'll tell them, you know, passion will make a young lady bust out your car windows, right? Passion will also make an athlete go out if it's five degrees below zero and run five miles. You know, that's the, the passion is the fuel. It fuels greatness, right? It can also steer you a particular way if you don't control it. But if you have harnessed passion, you can conquer the world. How do you, what's your advice to people to uncover that? Uh, one is that you can't be afraid of yourself. You know, unfortunately, and that's why a lot of us get lost in different things, is because we're not, we're not comfortable in our own mind. Right? So we look for external things to bring us gratification. So sometimes we need to get quiet and get within ourselves. That's where meditation comes in. And I often, I often say, um, you know, we have to talk to ourselves. We have to say positive things to ourselves. And God has given us all gifts. And during the course of our lives, we have to find out what those gifts are. You figure a guy by the name of Harlan Sanders didn't found Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was in his 60s, right? By then, a lot of people think it's over. It's done. But here is a man who stuck to his gift, stuck to his passion, and created a legacy that we're still, you know, he's been gone for a while, and we're still looking at KFC as a major institution. And that's the way you, you know, you have to look at things. You think about a guy by the name of Lee Iacocca, who in what, 64, 65, created the Mustang, major car still for Ford Motor Company. In 1975, Henry Ford fired. And a lot of people would have said, wow, it's over. You know, that's it. No, what did Iacocca do? He wound up becoming the head of Chrysler, 
you know, becoming uh, super popular to the point where even though, you know, he passed um, not too long ago, he was doing commercials with Snoop Dogg. How much more relevant can you be? So, you know, he, he redefined himself. And it's like, if you shifted your perspective on that note and said to yourself, I'm just getting warm and literally the best is yet to come, something like softens and switches. You're like, oh, okay. Like, I'm not in a rush. And I, listen, I, 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 I have to say it out loud to give my own self the advice because I feel like we're running and we're running and we want to we want to get social media likes and we want to get money and we want to do this and it's like you know just stop like get get quiet and that's what i'm learning from kids getting cancer and you and why i tell you guys i love you guys so much because it's interesting we're in this this sort of coronavirus time which is incredibly challenging for everybody but it's forcing us to pause you know and so it's an interesting time of like okay what will you what will you do with this to pause, shift your perspective, realize that maybe you are just getting warm, maybe you should trust in your journey and listen to what's happening here. So I love that. That's a, it's, a, it's an amazing reminder and I love that you shared those stories. Do, what would you say, um, what, would you, what, what do you love the most about martial arts? Um, for me, it's been the camaraderie. Again, you know, um, I used to read the karate magazines and I wanted to be on the cover of a karate magazine and I was fortunate enough, knock on wood, for that to happen. Um, I wanted to win all types of championships and I was fortunate enough for that to happen too. My children right now are the top man and woman competitor in the world, you know, multiple world championships and things. So, you know, I've been a, a very, very fortunate martial arts instructor, but the camaraderie is, is irreplaceable. You know, um, and with, with social media, it makes the world so much smaller. But I literally have friends and acquaintances from all, all over the world that I could communicate with who um, that goes back to that P word. We have a shared passion. But, you know, we, we also care about each other's families. We care about what's going on, you know, with life. So for me, at one point in time in my, um, in my youth, it was all about competition and beating up certain people. And now that, I'm, now that I'm much older, it's about having camaraderie and fellowship with those very same people. And how do you feel like we can bring more martial arts into our daily lives? For somebody who, who's never taken an actual martial arts class, but I told you, I'm interested now, so, so stay tuned. But is there something, a, a nugget of, of something that we should be bringing more into our lives that is at the core of, of martial arts teaching? Well, it, it, uh, it goes back to um, even what we're doing with the young people who are part of our kids kicking cancer family is being the best that you can be, right? And it's being able to, you know, believe in yourself as a powerful martial artist, regardless of what, your, what the state of the world is and what your state or position in that world is. So it's not so much about Richard Plowden being better than Ned Spector as much as Ned Spector being the best that he can be. So it's a matter of you um, maximizing your flexibility to the best of your ability. You might not have the flexibility of a Simone Biles who can sit back and do all kinds of gymnastic moves, but you can always improve yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's what the martial arts journey becomes. You know, again, someone like myself who couldn't walk and chew gum uh, in 19, 
73, October 27th, 1973 is when I started my martial, my martial arts journey. I couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time. And then to go from that to um, spending years trying to win a doggone martial arts trophy to eventually becoming a world champion and then understanding that the true strength was not in the awards, not in the money won, but in improvement of self. And that's what this, this whole thing is about. It's about improving yourself, being a better person each day. So beautiful. Uh, an amazing place, I think, to, to end episode one. I could talk to you for a long, long time, and I'd love to do it again. Um, anything that you just want people out there, kids watching, to know if they're going through some struggles? Any, any advice for them, parting words? Well, the, the, the big thing is that the sun will come up tomorrow right? And each day that we can take, take one of those steps, one, the first one saying thanks, second one being you because we can do it, because we can breathe, because we always have an opportunity as long as we're on this side of the dirt, so to speak. So we want to make the best of that opportunity. Just because someone tells you you can't doesn't mean you have to believe that. And just because you run into a rough patch, it won't always be like that. It, it will get better. We just have to believe and keep pushing. That's the key, Ned. I love it, man. I'm such a fan of yours, and I appreciate you taking the time. Can we, uh, can we bow to take this thing out officially? Oh, for sure. Set at attention. I'm sitting at attention, and let's bow. Bow. Power. Peace. Peace. Purpose. Purpose. Really appreciate I... what you're doing for us, Ned. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate you. Thanks again. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. How awesome is Sensei Richard? So many nuggets to unpack there. I'm gonna go back and watch this again. I'm saving this video about trusting this voice inside your head and the best is yet to come. I loved getting to know Sensei Richard. We're gonna to have to do that again for round two. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, keep rocking. And remember, you always have power, peace, purpose. See you soon on Get to Know Your Sensei. Power, peace, purpose. Peace, purpose. Or peace, purpose.